In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. This morning, like every Easter morning, I'm struck by the reality that we stand with a great line of Christians that has come down through the centuries. And Easter after Easter, people have stood and proclaimed, Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. We stand with them and we witness with them. One of the things that's interesting about a liturgical time is different from other times. Because liturgical time makes it possible for us right now to be at the resurrection. And that is what we are gathered for this day. To give praise to God in thanksgiving for raising Christ from the dead. It's the primary event of our Christian life. It's what forms us. And we know it's so central to us because if you think about the symbols that we have, even though we celebrate Christmas in a much more lavish way and over an extended period of time, we don't wear uh, mangers around our neck. We wear crosses or crucifixes. And we have symbols of bread and wine reminding us of the body of Christ. And then, of course, we remind ourselves that we are the body of Christ. I came across a story that uh, was both challenging to me and a bit disturbing. Uh, A minister wrote about waking up in a hospital early one morning. It was still dark. And in those moments of darkness, he found himself thinking about the many Easter's that he had celebrated and the many times that he had exclaimed with his congregations that Christ was risen. And he said, celebrating Easter alone in a hospital room was a sobering experience. Rather than delivering a sermon to inspire a congregation to live the victorious Christian life, I was in a hospital bed pondering the truth of the message that I had been preaching for 19 years. I searched within and asked myself, did I really believe that I had been preaching what I had been preaching? Was I merely echoing back a hope that I had heard? And then he added, when you stand at the door of the unknown, you want to know beyond a doubt that there really was an empty tomb. You want to know that while it is still dark, the hope is really true. Well, that first Easter morning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to the tomb believing that hope was not true. In fact, that hope was dead. There's nothing in Scripture that leads us to believe that any of the disciples thought that Jesus would rise from the dead. The disciples at this point are perhaps cowering in the upper room, afraid for their lives. And these two brave women venture out in the middle of the night and come to the tomb to be present with their dead Messiah their dead Lord, their dead rabbi. Could he have been Messiah? It didn't seem like it in the dark at that tomb. And then I I wondered as I meditated on that gospel, what were their spiritual lives like, those two women, or for that matter, any of the disciples? Had they come to the tomb, those two women, as a result of something that had happened along the way as they traveled with Jesus, as they heard him teach, as they saw him perform miracles, as they saw him raise someone from the dead and resuscitate him? What had brought them to this point? And then my mind wondered, 
What would bring us here this morning? What is it about our spiritual lives that has brought us to this point? And I think even those among us who perhaps are only here because of family or because this is what we always do on Easter may not realize that, in fact, this is a part of your spiritual journey as well, because you, too, have come to the tomb that is empty. He is risen. And this is a milestone on your spiritual journey. This past uh, eve of, the, of Palm Sunday, we had a labyrinth uh, installed in our parish hall. It was available to anyone who would like to do that meditative walk. It, it was fashioned after the one that perhaps a number of you have seen on the floor of that wonderful cathedral in Chartres. As I walked that labyrinth, I had a very different experience than I, that I had ever had before. I had walked a labyrinth before alone, uh, quietly walking around. And a labyrinth, you know, is different from a, uh, from a maze because maze, mazes have dead ends. But a labyrinth winds and twists and finally brings you to the center. So I was walking this particular labyrinth with other people. And I found that as I did that, it was an entirely different experience. One of the things that happened was that I found that uh, I was getting in the way of other people. And it could have been because of the size of the labyrinth, but I would have to step aside a bit. And I realized that, in fact, I had gotten in the way of some other people's spiritual life. And that is a hard truth for a minister to accept. But some people got in my way as well. <laughs> it wasn't as hard to accept that truth. I was talking with a member of the choir after the first service. Uh, he also had walked that labyrinth and he talked about his experience. And it, it really uh, brought more to mind about my own, because he said, you know, as you encounter another person in the labyrinth, you realize that you don't walk alone and that other people are there with you. It is, is something to aid us on our journey. The other thing that was uh, very interesting to me and frustrating, frankly, was I would be walking the labyrinth and I would get near the center. And then all of a sudden the path would take me way out to the very edge. And I thought how many times my own spiritual journey had been like that. I had drawn close to God, and just when I thought I was getting it, I would find myself thrown to the utmost parts of my life, so far it seemed from God, so far from God. Another thing that my friend reminded me of this morning is that once you get to the center of the labyrinth, it's a time when many people will take a few moments to pray and to meditate, but you must then go back out. And that is so much of what the Christian life is. I'm so thankful he talked to me this morning and greatly improved this sermon. <laughs> we are sent out. We don't stay at the center. We must venture out. Well, I think that this experience of the labyrinth and the spiritual life that you have had is not unlike the experience of those disciples and those two women who came to the tomb that morning. They came, I believe, thinking that this was it. This is the end. And something different was going to happen beyond this. But it was over. 
Jesus had been executed by the Romans. He was dead. End of story. Now, the truth is, it did not end there. And our spiritual lives don't end at any one given point. I think sometimes we uh, tend to think of things in terms of goals and destinations. And that's perhaps because we live in a culture that is so uh, goal oriented. But the truth is that the goal of the spiritual life is the journey of the spiritual life. It's not the destination. And I think we see that this morning in these two women who come to the tomb. They eventually meet Jesus and Jesus says, go and tell my brothers, the disciples, that I will see them in Galilee. There was no time for them just to stay there and to think or to wallow in their grief. They had to move on because Jesus was sending them on. I believe that all of us know what it is to experience great loss to be facing, in some cases, very serious illness and wondering where that might lead. Some here this morning are dealing with a strife in families and perhaps some with their own demons. We all, like Jesus, go through this life and find it from time to time very difficult and hard really to press on. I think that the, the message of Easter is one that is really very clear. That we know that we can trust God. And we know that because of what God did for Jesus. God raised him from the dead as God promised. Someone has said that the spiritual life, or rather our life, is like walking a tightrope. And we know that at any time we could fall off from one side or the other. But the hope that we have is that if we do fall, we will be held in the hand of God. And we know that because that's what God did for Jesus. And so this day, as we celebrate that great resurrection morning, this great resurrection morning, we are reminded that all will be well. All will be well because God's love will overcome all. And the thing that I'm reminded of that I always try to hold on to is to remember that even at the grave, our song is Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. And the reason it is, is because Christ is risen. Amen. Amen.